Do you wish you could make more fun vacation memories with your family every year? I'm Lynn Mettler, aka Go-To Travel Gal. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I help you learn to travel more by spending less and explain how easy it is for your entire family to fly free. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Families Fly Free podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. And today we're going to talk about a topic that I get a lot of questions about on one hand, but on the other hand, I think it's an oft missed opportunity to earn lots of miles and points for free travel. So I've brought with me today, Zach Hood. He has a site called Travel Freely, which I love. Um, It helps you keep organized with your travel credit cards and learn lots of things like when your annual fee is coming due, when you're eligible to apply for new cards, um, lots of good information. So Zach um, is a great person to to get to learn about um, business travel credit cards, which is our topic today, is how to use business travel credit cards, how to apply for them, um, and just how they can help you travel free. So let me have Zach, um, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your site. Sounds great. Well, thank you, Lynn. It's great to join you on the podcast sphere here. Um, I am uh, the founder of Travel Freely, and it's a web-based app, and now more recently a mobile app that is really aimed at helping regular everyday people be smarter with their regular monthly spending. And that means understanding how to earn a lot of points and miles without all the hassle. So Travel Freely is meant to uh, help you get started and stay organized and keep things as simple as possible. So um, that is it in a nutshell um, and really try to take as much of the thinking out of uh, what can be uh, a lot of complicated uh, reading and research and decisions and really does not have to be. So uh, always try to keep it simple and help people learn that the easiest things that they could be doing that don't take very much time can actually bring them uh, tons of free travel every single year. And we love to keep things simple here at Families Fly Free. That's what we are all about. You can check out his site at gototravelgal.com slash travel freely. Um, and he also has the mobile app, which he mentioned. And if you want to get that directly, go to travelgal.com slash travel freely mobile. You can check that out. So let's start with why should people who want to travel free consider a small business travel card? I think a pretty good uh, way to view it is that it's just incredibly easy, low-hanging fruit if you already have a business and you are in charge of the finances, uh, whether you get one really good card or you get several cards over the course of a few years, um, the same thing applies for personal cards as it does with the business cards. So they have very good sign-up bonuses, sometimes even higher sign-up bonuses than the personal cards. Um, and then the, the best part of it is that most of them can pool the points and miles you earn pool directly with the points and miles you're earning with your personal cards. So, you know, with the airline or hotel cards, they go directly into the hotel program or the airline program, exactly like your personal card points. And then if you have uh, bank cards, uh, those points can also be combined into the one account. So it's basically 
another path of uh, finding some really good chunks of points and miles without a whole lot of extra work. Right. And we know like um, when we talk about travel credit cards, like for example, the Southwest card, you're only eligible to hold one of their personal cards. So as Zach is mentioning here, a way to get another big chunk of Southwest points is to opt for one of their business cards. And in fact, when it comes to Southwest, you can hold both of their business cards. So if you were to take advantage of an offer, let's say a $4,000 minimum spend and you get 70,000 points, um, as you can see, that's a huge return for a minimum spend just using your everyday expenses to meet that minimum spend, you get 80,000 points um, in addition to what you earned on a personal card. So it's definitely can make a huge difference in having a significant number of points that um, you can then redeem for free travel. And I like that you made the point, Zach, because I get this question a lot, that these travel card points go right into your regular frequent flyer account or loyalty account with whatever program. People will ask me a lot, well, you know, I have a business card and a personal card and aren't those points in two separate places? Nope. So again, like using Southwest as the example, you just give them your rapid rewards number for both and all those points will show up in your same rapid rewards account. And when it comes to um, earning a Southwest companion pass, that is awesome because then you can use bonus points from a business card and a personal card to uh, help qualify for the Southwest Companion Pass because it all needs to be under one person's name. So a lot of reasons to consider business cards. So the next logical question that we get asked is, um, do I have to have an LLC or an S Corp um, to get a business card? Um, and I will tell you like one thing that a lot of my listeners and readers miss um, is they have may have rental property of some sort. And that qualifies as a business because you're you're earning some income. So really anything that earns you income on the side, in addition to your regular job or whatever else, um, can be considered a small business. You know, the the phrase side hustle is like super trendy right now and it feels right. like that was non-existent a few years ago. And now it's like hard to find anyone that doesn't have something going on that earns extra income, even if it's like tutoring or buying and selling things online, um, consulting, something like that. So pretty much anything that you do that earns uh, a dollar uh, of total income can be classified as a, as a business. Um, and, you know, this is where people that don't think they have a business need to, you know, stay listening to this podcast because that's the people that tune off, tune out first is like, they just don't think they have a business, but it really is for any size business. Um, and I read this a few months ago that uh, sole proprietors are somewhat, somewhere between 60 to 70% of the total small businesses in the US. Mm. And that, that means that you uh, are a business that earns income, but don't have an officially registered um, business with you know, the Secretary of State or the IRS. You just earn income and then report that income um, onto your personal tax return. So that absolutely counts as a business, even if it's not official. Um, and, you know, almost every single bank will allow you to apply as uh, a sole proprietor where you use your social security number as your tax ID number. And, um, you know, different banks have different ways of, of filling out the application, but that's 
you know, the number one thing people need to realize is that when they hear about, you know, small business credit card, it's not that uh, super fancy corporate Amex card that, you know, has a huge credit limit. It's, it's pretty much any, any kind of person, business of any size is eligible for these uh, great business cards. And it's really a lot easier to apply than you think. Yeah. And so some signs that you might be a sole proprietor would be if you get 1099s in the mail from anyone, you would only get those if you have, I think it's $600 now in income from an entity over the course of a year. But um, that would be an indicator. Or if you, if you do file any income, like Zach mentioned on your tax return on a schedule C. So for example, I was um, a freelance writer. I still do some of that, but for a long time, I did that as a sole proprietor. So I always filed a schedule C for any um, income I earned from freelance writing. So other things might be like, if you sell a lot of things on Facebook marketplace or eBay or Amazon or Craigslist, that's a big one that a lot of people miss. Or if you do any sort of consulting work or do you mow lawns? Do you walk dogs? You know, it, it can be anything and, and everything that um, is any kind of you know, babysitting um, side income that you might earn that could potentially qualify you for a, a small business card. Um, Zach, do you have any tips about how to get approved? Because I do know that um, I work with people a lot on the Southwest business card and probably 90% of the time, people are declined on the first application. And I was declined on my first application. And I actually have had an S corporation for, at that point, probably 10 plus years. Um, so it, it really isn't about um, the size of your business or the amount of income it makes. What um, I have learned is it has to do, they just want to see some official paperwork with your name and with the business name and the business address, even if it's your name and your address as the business name and address, um, that seems to make a difference. Do you have any other tips? Yeah, um, I would say a lot of the same things apply for business credit card applications as they do with the personal credit card applications. Uh, one of the main things is for people that are just getting started or beginners is not getting embarrassed or uh, getting uh, down down and out if they get denied because there are so many people that end up getting approved after that initial denial and like there's me. so many different yeah there's so <laughs> many different reasons why you could get denied um and just anecdotally from my experience most of the time with business cards it is what you said it's just verifying information um and a lot of times it seems like the banks are going more towards like some robotic computerized uh first uh phase of the application and so if they can't match up the name of the business or you know some information they may just deny it when there's absolutely nothing wrong with your you know credit worthiness or your business itself and so it's just really important not to get discouraged if you get denied first and understand uh, that it's definitely not the end of the road and most banks will allow you to have 30 days from that time of application to reuse that initial credit inquiry and be able to have your application reconsidered um, so that that's super important just not to give up uh, from the very beginning. And like you said, a lot of times it's uh, needing to verify information that um, address and name. And then uh, sometimes it's just they need to hear from you why you need the business card. And if you're a smaller business and you didn't put much revenue or 
uh, expenses down, then they want to just make sure that you really want the card. And so, you know, some of the time it's, it's just a matter of saying, uh, I'm a small business or I'm a new business and I need uh, to keep my expenses separate and mm -hmm. I want to start tracking them. And uh, that that's enough to open the business card. Um, and, you know, one just common sense thing to think about is for, you know, X number of new or small businesses, those businesses will become medium sized, large businesses, and eventually, you know, have a lot of spending and a lot of income. And it's worth it for the banks to try to get you in on the ground level as a, as a customer so that you would grow into knowing and loving their credit cards and maybe bank accounts and all that kind of stuff. So they're more than willing to, you know, get new people um, into their uh, customer base and give you the sign up bonus and get you started. Yeah, and we're recording this in April 2021, so hopefully towards the end of the um, COVID-19 pandemic, but um, we did see last year during the pandemic where they did kind of curtail any and all um, small business card applications, but that was just for a short period, and we have seen that um, completely rebound, um, and I would say, Zach, when you back to the way it was? I would say so. I, I would say it not necessarily completely back. I feel like uh, some of the banks are a little more nervous, um, but I would say it just maybe means more people will have to like call back after that initial mm -hmm. um, stage of the application. And that may be that they're a little more strict on the approvals, or it may be that their new computer systems are just not approving as many right off the bat. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it definitely seems to be um, much more to the advantage of uh, the small business people getting approved compared to, um, you know, recent past. Um, and probably just one other thing to add to that is um, just like the personal credit cards, if you're going after the absolute best, highest credit card um, with the bank that has the biggest bonus and maybe a big annual fee and tons of perks, you can probably bet that that is the hardest to get approved or has the highest credit limit um, minimum that's required. And so it may be the hardest to get approved. So there could be a card that is a little bit uh, underneath that tier, that would be a better one to start off with. Um, okay. But I would say, you know, there, you have to differentiate that because for the most part, from my experience, the co-branded cards, meaning the cards with the airline or the hotel logo on them, like the Southwest cards or the Hyatt cards, um, those seem to be much easier to get approved um, on the whole right now compared to the cards that are like the with the bank program with the actual bank. Um, and that's where the, um, the strategy maybe kicks in of like, um, more specifically, I have heard with the Chase Inc. preferred that earns ultimate rewards points, that card is a little bit more difficult to get than the Chase Inc. Cash or the Chase Inc. Unlimited, which are all sort of part of the same ecosystem. Um, but I've heard that, you know, the Inc. Preferred and it may just come down to the minimum credit limit that they extend is much higher than those other cards so that you have to have a higher credit score to get approved for that. But um, not to confuse it too much, but I think, yeah, like I think the South that's a good tip. Southwest cards are, you know, definitely on, on the list of those that are back to normal. And um, yeah, overall, it's, uh, it's not a bad thing to try and get denied and 
call in and get approved and learn how that works. Uh, it's, it's a lot easier than you think. Yeah, I think the lesson here is, you know, the old saying, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again on the business card. So um, definitely don't give up if you are declined on the first go. Um, call the reconsideration line for that card, find out what they need. And my tip for you would be, um, at least when it comes to the Southwest and the Chase cards, um, is if you can provide um, the form that comes with an employee identification number, that seems to give the banks the information they want to see all on one official document. And that's free to get. Make sure you're on the IRS website if you want to sign up for one of those. It should be free. There's some paid sites out there that you don't want to be on. Um, but you can, anyone can sign up for an employee identification number, and then that puts your business name and the business address all on one official document. And so at least in, in terms of my members that I've worked with on this recently, that usually works. And I have had several of late who applied, they were declined, and then they were later approved, um, just as we were talking about. So I can give you some recent data points that that is working. Um, that seems to be the standard process. That's awesome. One, one other thing I would add is just um, the strategy for calling back to the bank seems to be best, at least in my experience, especially with Chase, which has the Southwest cards, um, is to wait until you get an email or a letter um, back from Chase or back from the bank explaining uh, why you didn't get approved. Um, I've learned that if you call right away, you might get uh, routed to a more aggressive uh, banking rep that is going to start asking you all sorts of questions about your business. And I've had sometimes they're asking like, what's my marketing plan? And like, how much revenue do you think for this next oh season? And that is, uh, you know, way more than I was anticipating and, and, you know, much more of a hassle compared to uh, letting the application run its course and then get the letter if you don't get approved and then calling back, I believe, they send you to someone different uh, who's just going to review that actual explanation and not actually uh, go through all your actual business um, details. And so then that becomes a much easier conversation to just have them reconsider you. Yeah. And I will say like when I applied for the Southwest business card, I think this was in 2015. So it's been a little bit ago, but um, I had to go produce all of my articles of incorporation for my business, which was a real pain because I had had other like owners with it and it had changed and I founded it in South Carolina. And so it was a major ordeal. Um, whereas I think in hindsight now, I probably could have given them the employee identification number and been done with it. But nevertheless, I was successful, um, mm -hmm. even though it was a pain um, and it allowed me to get my first companion pass. So absolutely awesome. worth a little bit of extra work there. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about the um, Chase 524 rule. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar, that is just a rule set by Chase Bank that they won't approve you for any of their cards if you have opened five or more cards of any type that includes like department store cards, Best Buy cards, anything um, in the last 24 months. Um, there are a few exceptions to that. Um, and it's Chase, City, Amex, and a few other business cards are not included in that total of five. But um, let's just talk for a little bit about that rule and kind of how it applies to business cards. Um, and Zach, maybe you can tell us how your program 
kind of helps people understand if they have fallen under that rule or not. Sure. So yeah, you did a, a great job explaining the 524 rule. And that's basically, you know, helps people understand like when they're going to be eligible for Chase cards and how to be careful with their applications, make sure they're getting the best possible cards when they're um, under 524. And so uh the tricky part to remember with the Chase business cards, like you said, is they count uh, when they're looking at your application, uh, but once you get approved, they actually do not count towards your 524 number overall. So if that uh, illustration would be like if you're at 424, you could get, in theory, uh, as many Chase business cards as you want, and it would you would stay at 424 because mm -hmm. it doesn't count. Um, travel freely on our My Cards dashboard that tracks your cards. It has an automatic 524 counter, so it'll tell you which cards of yours count towards 524. It'll show you what your 524 number is, um, when you will uh, will when those cards will drop off and help you strategize with that instead of having to count those up yourself. And uh, from my experience, do it incorrectly and think you're at one when you're mm. when you're not actually there. Um, and so, like you said, most all, all the personal cards count towards 524. Most of the bank business cards do not. The big exception would be Capital One. Um, those business cards report to personal credit uh, bureaus. So those count towards 524. And that's really the main factor of if a card counts towards 524 or not is if the card is reported to the, your personal credit profile. Um, and so there's a couple, you know, important things there. One, to understand what 524 is, you should immediately realize like, okay, I'm not going to get the Nordstrom card or the old Navy card yes, because that's going to count as a, <laughs> as an account that's open that could have been a four, five, six, $700 bonus. Um, and then in terms of the business cards, you can really be strategic uh, with getting business cards because they don't count towards the 524 rule. Um, and the, the best approach to that is really being able to stagger your credit card strategy. So if you got a personal card, then uh, the next card you get could be a business card. And then after that would be a personal card. And then basically you're uh, really stretching out the time that it's been between your personal card applications and your business applications and it you know looks really good to the bank yes that's i love it um and i was listening to the choose fi podcast earlier today and i thought they did a good job of like talking about you know using up one of your 524 slots for like an old navy card to save you know what twenty dollars or something on your total bill um mm -hmm. versus as you said getting a like the chase sapphire preferred as of this moment has an 80,000 point bonus worth at least $1,000. Um, so would you rather have that or $20 off Old Navy? Or they were using the comparison of like using a cash back card where you get 2% cash back, say at best. Um, and if the Chase Sapphire Preferred has a $4,000 spend to get 80,000 points, if you put that $4,000 on your cash back card, you'd have like $80 back or something, mm -hmm. you know, compared to a thousand dollars you could use for free travel. I thought that was a great way to frame this mm -hmm. of what you're truly getting 
by using these travel rewards credit cards if you love to travel, right? Just a huge, huge return for your everyday spending. And we're boosting it even by, by adding some business cards into the mix here. Um, okay, so another question that I get a lot is, can you use um, business cards to pay for personal expenses? Like particularly if you're a sole proprietor, what are your thoughts on that? That's a great question. I get that question a lot. And I feel like that is one of the big things that maybe keeps people from getting a business card. They're mm -hmm. nervous about uh, one, hitting some of the bigger uh, spending requirements to hit the bonus. And then two, if they're not able to hit that with their pure kind of business expenses, and they know they have a lot more personal expenses, they still feel really nervous about mixing that spending. Um, and so the best thing I would say, if you're really, really nervous about it, is just Google the question and start to read articles that will, will assure you that there's nothing illegal about putting personal spending on a business card. It's really up to you to keep track of what is personal and what's business and you know, use that for your accounting if you're trying to stay safe with uh, what, what expenses are what. Um, you know, the, the big red flag is for people that have bigger businesses and don't want anything, uh, not red flag, but just big uh, caveat is if you have a really big business, you should be able to hit those spending bonuses without personal expenses. And you probably are worried about keeping everything super uh, separated. So then, you know, it's probably worth it to only put business spending on those business cards. Um, but in terms of the legal side, you're definitely allowed to do that. Um, and the thing that sometimes is confusing is that uh, I know Chase has a little disclaimer, Amex sometimes, they will have something as part of the application process that says, you know, you are going to put business expenses on this card. And that really uh, makes people nervous if they think that they're not going to be able to hit their bonus with just the business spending. And um, I haven't really understood how they're allowed to do that, but um, they are, uh, that, that's not a hard, you know, legal um, rule from, from their standpoint. They just want the people to be using it for business expenses, but there's no law saying you cannot do that. Um, I think uh, if you look at some of the protections of like consumer personal credit cards versus business credit cards, I believe that the banks have a little bit more liability on their end um, compared to uh, the personal cards. So I believe that's why they don't want people just grabbing business cards and using them for personal reasons. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the, you know, the very short answer is it's definitely okay. Sometimes it's up to your comfort level of, of doing that and making sure you can be organized with the expenses of what is what, and then um, probably um, being very careful if you do have uh, a big business and you wanna keep things very separated, then it's probably not something you wanna do. And like the the bit the banks aren't sending any information to the IRS or anything like that about your business expenses or whatever. Like I get that a lot too. Like, am I going to get a, you know, some sort of form at the end of the year from the IRS that I, you know, they're tracking my expenses or whatever. Um, so none of that happens. And the way I look at it too is, I mean, the the banks make money every time we charge something to our card, even if we paid off immediately, they're still making a percentage on that charge. So. I think they're probably happy that we're spending on the card, but I can't speak for the banks, but that's my guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I think they, um, I have never heard of anyone um, getting, you know, shut down with their account because they've been putting personal expenses on it. You know, I Me don't either. think the banks go into that level of detail. Um, I have heard one time of somebody getting a letter that uh, being stated where they thought maybe there were some personal expenses on the business card and it was, you know, like a warning, basically nothing ever happened. So okay. that, that is uh, my one example of, you know, probably thousands of opportunities to hear people say that this didn't work out for them. So very, very positive overall. And let's talk about um, like how many of each type of card you can hold. So like, I think that's an important point here. Like I mentioned at the beginning, you can only hold one Southwest personal card, but you can hold both of their business cards. Um, is that seem to be the case across um, other airline and hotel cards? And I know you have a good tip on Chase Inc. Uh, preferred too. Yeah, so just like uh, the personal cards, every bank has their own set of rules on applications of you know when you can get another bonus or if you're eligible for a card, if you already have um, some cards with them or other banks. Um, and that's another cool feature of Travel Freely is that the Card Genie is kind of our recommendation page and it keeps track of the cards you have and the bank application rules so that it only displays the cards that you're eligible for. Um, and with businesses, it's really interesting because some of the rules are different. Um, and especially with Chase, they're in your favor. So like the Southwest business cards, the co-branded cards, you pretty much can only hold one of those cards regardless of uh, how many businesses you have. And you just to make sure that's clear, you said it earlier, Lynn, with the Chase Southwest business cards, there's two different ones. There's the Premier and the Performance, and you're allowed to have both of those and they're treated completely separate. Um, and then with the Chase Inc. business cards, there's three different ink cards and those are um, treated separately as well. So you can actually get all three ink cards for your business. And the next level is if you have multiple businesses, um, as of now, the rules are still where you could get a Chase Inc. business card, all three of those for every single business you have. Um, anecdotally, I think it is getting a little tougher just to go, go wild and get every ink card for tons of businesses if you have multiple businesses, but it's technically possible. Um, I would suggest kind of spacing those out over time. Right. Um, but I've had uh, some friends in the real estate world that have different LLCs for different um, rental properties. And at one time they were able to have like eight different Chase Inc. preferreds because they had eight different uh, EIN numbers. And I don't know if that's really possible anymore, but it definitely is. Um, a great strategy if you have one business to look at you know, those ink business cards because it's basically a way to get three self sapphire preferred cards um, if you already have that card um, on your personal side so that's you know, going back to the, your very first question of why why pay attention to business cards it's because there's you know a lot more opportunities um, to get some big bonuses and because of these rules you're actually allowed to maybe get more cards uh, and add to you know the personal cards that you have. Um, I try to think of an analogy like uh, my son just did an Easter egg hunt, and it's almost like if you're out there at Easter egg hunt and there's certain eggs 
in the field that like you're not eligible to get if you are just out there with your uh, your personal card basket. But it, as soon as you have uh, as soon as you have your uh, business, you can go out there and all of a sudden these brand uh, brand new eggs are shiny and and you can go get those because uh, you have a business. Yeah, and so just to clarify on um, the number you can have, so like you're saying with the Chase Inc. Preferred and the Chase Inc. Cards, you can have a card for each business you own, whereas Southwest Business Cards, you can only have one of each of their business cards, no matter how many businesses you own, mm -hmm. right? Right, so if you have three businesses, business A, B, and C, you could only get the bonus for the Southwest performance business card one time, even though you have three businesses. Um, you are allowed to get more than one card, but you won't get the sign-up bonus. So, you know, that rarely would make sense for someone to get another card without a sign-up bonus. But if it did, you know, that you could technically get another card. You just will only get one sign-up bonus. And for those of you who follow my process of flying free in terms of where these Chase Inc. cards fall into the mix, so they earn Chase Ultimate Rewards points, um, just like Chase Sapphire Preferred. And so you can use those, you use them in your collection of Chase Ultimate Rewards points, which are my favorite type of points because you can use them for so many different purposes, including flying on Southwest. Um, so that's where they kind of fit into the mix and they'd be a more advanced card that I'd recommend once you kind of have the basics down, but they are, and that'd be an excellent way to supplement your Chase Ultimate Rewards points. Again, we always want you, like I never want anyone to have to spend $80,000 on a card to get 80,000 points. So much better to meet a $4,000 minimum spend and get 80,000 points because what a difference. You only had to spend 4,000 instead of 80,000 and you got a huge chunk of points. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify that's kind of where those fall into the mix. Um, and I think you can see that by just opening your mind to the possibility of a small business card, um, as you get a little bit more advanced into using miles and points to fly free, you can make a huge impact um, on the number of points that you have available to book flights and book free hotels and, and other travel savings. Um, Zach, do you have any other last thoughts or things you wanted to share on business cards? I would say just keeping it simple, like you just tried to summarize there, like if um, you're a little unsure of where to start or how to take in all the information, it really is just find the very uh, next best uh, business card for you. And if you are a small business owner and spend a decent amount each month and you're using a debit card or you've never even really thought about uh, how you uh, utilize cards for your business, this is hopefully a good wake up call just to at least get one great card that makes sense for you um, with your travel goals and get started. Um, so don't get overwhelmed by all the uh, crazy details we may have talked about and just uh, clear clear your desk and be like, all right, what do I have a good card that I use for business? If not, what's the best one for me? And just get started that way. Yes, because just like our personal everyday expenses, why would we not want to earn a return on our business expenses too? So just by putting them on a travel card instead of, like you said, a debit card, now we're earning at least one point for every dollar we spend and potentially a big bonus if we can hit a minimum spend. 
Um, so just a way to get free travel from spending your doing anyway. That's what we love. All right. Um, well, thanks so much, Zach. Lots of great tips for people today. Um, remember, you can check out Travel Freely, totally free. It's a free program. Um, go to travelgal.com slash travelfreely, and you can add mobile to the end if you want to check out the mobile app. Um, Zach, do you want to tell us any other place we can find you, social media, et cetera? Um, the app store is probably the best since we just got the mobile app there going through your link. And then, um, you know, we have Twitter and Instagram accounts, uh, a small Facebook group, um, but it's really about our um, membership uh, site, which you said is totally free. So try to keep it focused on that. All right. So I hope this gave everyone some good ideas of how to slowly start to add some business cards to the mix. And um, if you found this helpful, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends too. And we'll see you next week. Ready to fly your family free? Come join me inside my Family's Fly Free program, where you get my simple step-by-step -step plan and my personal help so you can make more priceless travel memories with your family before your kids leave home. Visit familiesflyfree.com join. That's familiesflyfree.com join to learn more and get started flying free today.